Monday night, May 6th at the Hyatt Regency in San Francisco. You're invited to join athletes and celebs at the Bay Area Sports Hall of Fame Enshrinement Dinner. Be there to celebrate this year's class featuring Olympic swimmer Jenny Thompson, San Jose Earthquakes legend Chris Wondolowski, Niners Super Bowl hero John Taylor, Sharks icon Patrick Marlowe, and the architect of the Giants dynasty, Brian Sabian. Be a part of this star-studded evening benefiting Special Olympics Northern California. To purchase tickets, visit Bayshoff.org. That's B-A-S-H-O-F.org. We're getting you ready for the game on The Build-Up with news from around the league, interviews, highlights, and more. Here's your host, Ted Ramey. All right, how's everybody doing on this Saturday afternoon as we get ready for what should be a fun night of Sharks hockey? Let's take a quick look at the standings in the Metropolitan Division. Carolina leading that one one point in front of New Jersey who are two points in front of the Islanders and right behind them, also tied in points. But in fourth are the Rangers and the Atlantic. Boston, they're off to a great start, but they've had some negative news around them, obviously, that I don't have time to get into right now. But all you have to do is Google Mitchell Miller, and you will see exactly why there is so much controversy surrounding Boston right now. But they are followed by Buffalo, who are six points back with 14. Tampa with 13. Florida with 13 and fourth. If we look over at the West, Dallas leading the Central Division, two points in front of Winnipeg, one point in front of surprising Chicago. Maybe that loss to Chicago that the Sharks had isn't as bad as we previously thought. saw it. Colorado is in fourth and w- tied with them, but one spot back in fifth is Minnesota. And then we look at the Pacific. Vegas, they've had you know just a great start, 10-2 and two overall, 20 points. Second place, Edmonton with 14. Seattle with third place, 14 points. L.A., 13 and 4th. Calgary, 10 points in 5th. Vancouver, 8 points in 6th. San Jose, 8 points in 7th. Anaheim, 7 points in 8th. And in facing Anaheim tonight, it feels like the Sharks should be able to get a win, but of course we have to temper that with what we saw a couple of nights ago when Anaheim scored 5 in regulation and 1 in a shootout, and it was just a game that the Sharks did not have the... uh, They did not have what they needed. They gave up three goals in the first period. I mean, that was a little bit wild. That's not what we were expecting. And I am looking for a very, very big bounce back. And I would think that they should have revenge on their minds and they should be trying to show that if they are going to be improving, if they are going to be a team that is more in line with what we expected, then this is a game that they should expect to win. Now, I don't know if I'm saying I expect them to win anymore because of the way it's gone down in games where I've said I expect them to win, but... At the same time, I think the Sharks have to look at this and say, hey, what's what's going on? Why are we making these mental errors? Why are we making these crucial mistakes? Why are we so troubled by situations and scenarios that should be ours to thrive in and instead we falter? The Sharks are not some young team in the sense that they don't have guys that have been there and done that. Eric Carlson, Logan Gutrill, Tomashi Hurdle, Timo Meyer. Mark Edward Vlasic. I mean, you go down the list. These guys have played in big games. Nick Bonino, big games. I mean, you go Nico Sturm, big games. The the errors that they are making are just surprising based on what level of experience, in addition to younger guys who are on the come, uh, have been. And that's why it's more distressing to me. It's like this team should not be making these errors. The errors they are making are not characteristic with their level of experience in the league. These are I won't call them rookie mistakes, but they are 
mistakes that can otherwise be avoided. And I think that's going to be one of the things that I'm looking for tonight. This is another opportunity where if they do limit their mistakes, can they take control of the game as opposed to going to an overtime or shootout again, as opposed to having to battle back? Like, can they just straight up win the first period, win the second period, and win the third period? That's what I'm looking for. To talk about more of this, we are now joined by Shalena Goldman, who covers the San Jose Sharks for NHL.com. Shalena, what's going on? How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you for having, having me back on. Always a pleasure. And, you know, you you know the Sharks as well as anyone. You've been covering this team for a long time now. I guess what is more intriguing to you? Eric Carlson, uh, uh, apparently back as the best player in the NHL, or the Sharks, despite having what I would consider a better roster than they did a year ago, not playing as well as I think we thought they would, or at least not getting the results. So I'll, I'll let you decide. Which topic do you want to start with? Um, I'm, well, I think I find the latter more intriguing, but I will start with um, talking about Carlson. It's, okay. it's really, really cool to see what he's doing right now. He came in last season. You could tell that he had a different mentality and that he was you know, approaching the game differently. And it was really, really interesting to see. And then, you know, he was one of the first guys on the team, you know, that went into COVID protocol mm. and, you know, and he, you know, he had some injuries and that really hampered his season. And it was disappointing to see because you could tell that he was approaching things very differently. So it's really cool to see him come in this season and do what he's done. It's, it's fantastic to watch. It's um, even watching him in training camp, you know, and, you know, and in preseason, you could tell that he was a different guy. Mm-hmm. And so, and so to see how well, so, so, so seeing, you know, that pay off and see how well he's played and it's, and, and he's fun to watch. He's fun. You know, he's very fun to watch when he's doing all of these phenomenal things. He looks like, I mean, he looks like he could win another Norris trophy right now. It's yeah. really, really cool to see. No, that's, what's wild. And, you know, you talk about the way he looks like I last Saturday against Tampa, I um, was in the seats, as you know, you know, yeah. 41 out of uh, you know, 40 out of 41 home games a year. I'm up top, but this was one of those ones afternoon start. So my kids could come. So I said, you know, Teresa, bring the kids. We'll all go together. And then I got to do the post game stuff, but just watching him with the puck close up, like he, he just looks so determined in his skating with such confidence. And like, that's the thing is like the confidence that he has right now is through the roof. Like he's trying things and it's not the stretch pass that he sometimes, you know, gets intercepted on. It's just the way he's skating, the way he's moving. It's just, there's so much confidence. And well, and you know, and with that confidence, he keeps scoring and you don't see that confidence going away. You, and you, even with that, you also don't see some of the mistakes that end up, you know, in the back of the shark's net. He's, it's just oozing into every part of his game. And it's, mm-hmm. he's fantastic. It's, fantastic to watch right now it's so it's so nice especially with how wonky the team is playing as a whole to have a player like that who's playing so well and it's so fun to watch it does balance it out a little bit at least at least from a reporter standpoint because we're not just sitting back and watching the team lose every night (laughs) well that brings that's a nice segue thank you for setting us up Uh, (laughs) like here here's my thing and this you can tell me if this is a, a bad juxtaposition but i think back to last year on october 30th Against Winnipeg, the team lost at that time six starters due to COVID. And then a day later, it was seven because I believe Timo was added to the list the next day. Right. They brought up guys from the Barracuda and they were able to win games. And this year, they have more NHL experienced guys and they're not having as much success. I mean, the Sharks started off 4 0 last year and then it got progressively worse. But at the same time, like right now, they have a better roster 
albeit no Brent Burns, and we can debate his absence in terms of what the offensive production is. But again, I'm just having trouble marrying the results with the improved roster overall while acknowledging the loss of Brent Burns. Like, Where do you come to on that? It's really interesting, all of the different things, you know, all of the changes that have happened, not just with Burns, um, but it was really interesting um, opening night when they did, you know, at the home opener, when they had the whole roster come out. I think six of the first seven guys who came out onto the ice weren't on the team last year. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, it is, it is a pretty different, it is a pretty different team than it was last year. And you have a completely different coaching staff. Everything about this team, and we talked about this right before the season started, it's what's this team going to look like? And there, it's a very talented roster and it's taken them a long time to work, to iron out via kinks and figure mm-hmm. out what's going on. And David Quinn has said this pretty much, you know, this entire homestand, you know, we're getting better. I feel better than I did at this point last week. And you can see them improving, but it's, it's not necessarily just, Oh, that they can't, you know, that it's not just that they're bad. It's, it's, it's not that at all. This is a very talented roster, but there are these disconnects that are going on on the ice. You know, at first it was, you know, those second periods were so, so bad. Um, and then it, you know, and then it, it became, you know, okay, well, they're giving up these really late goals, you know, that they, you know, and then they, you know, and then they can't get those back. And then you look at this, you know, the, you know, these last two games where they're pushing everything to a shootout. And so there's something there. There is, there is a good team there. And there is a team that I want to say Carlson's thing was, you know, we have more character in this dressing room than we're putting out onto the ice. And so yeah. you're seeing this team gel and come together, but it's just, it's this huge upward climb for them. It really is. And that's, you know, it, it's been in part because of the lack of offensive production. Thankfully, Timo Meyer seems to be getting back into the you know style of play that we know he's capable of. But Tomas Hurdle's still cold. He's getting some points in the assists. But, you know, if you and I had said Tomas Hurdle would have one goal through 13 games, I think that would have been something that neither you and I would have, uh, you know, bet the house on in Las Vegas. Like, he's supposed to be, you know, a main engine main driver of the offense and he has been so consistently throughout his career with both him and Timo down it was very very um you know just an aberration and now it becomes more of an aberration to hey this small sample size is growing and Hurdle's still not putting pucks in the back of the net and it's not from a lack of trying. You watch him every single game, really, you know, really working for it. And it's it's almost like what happened with Nick Bonino last season, where he just couldn't find that first goal to start off the season. And we're we're, we're seeing that with Hurdle. It's you know he's still driving the net. It's not like he's not trying, but they're just not going in. And for that top line to not have that production, it's like what happened. So for Timo to finally break through, I that's definitely that's that that's a huge upside. I think. I think Hurdle will follow suit in the not too distant future. They'll start going in and they'll start going in regularly. But, it, but yeah, I, I would not have put money on that uh, to start this season, especially, no. especially, especially with that first game when he scored the opening goal of the season in the Czech Republic. It was like, Oh yeah, this is perfect. You know, this is what he's supposed to be doing. But it, yeah, it's, I was thinking about that last game. It's bizarre. Yeah, it really is. And it does feel like it's a matter of time before it gets rolling. Um, you know, the, speaking of the team's consistent problems, now it feels like they are slow out of the gates. Like they have done better in the third. They've done better in the second. Things are improving. But now, you know, they gave up early goals to Vegas, Tampa, uh, Anaheim, and um, now uh, 
the most recent game um, to Florida. You know, it's like the, these early, or I guess, no, they didn't give one up to Florida. I'll correct myself. But now early goals are, are, are a problem. Like, well, it's weird how they're doing the classic, okay, plug a hole, and then a leak is springing somewhere else. And it feels like they're getting better at covering the leaks, but they, they are still, you know, cropping up. It, yeah, it is that very Mary Melody's you know cartoon character in the boat with multiple holes. When you plug one, the other one starts yeah starts spouting water. Um, I thought their start was much better um, against Florida. I I think they I think they locked it down because that that's a really really good hockey team mm-hmm. over there. Um, I thought they did a pretty good job of locking it down. You know, they did give up um, you know those first two. Um, but I, one of the things with that game was that they were able to keep pace with Florida, but then they couldn't get that first goal. And there's also, there's always the concern of, okay, well, when they get that first goal, okay, are they going to like then cough another one up at, you know, at the end of the uh, period. So it's, it it would, you know, when they score one, it's not like, okay, well, they're going to, well, they're going to go up to, we haven't seen them do that yet. I think their start was better. The, The thing that really got them um was lit was letting in that last goal um in the in the uh, third period i think i think that tying goal was what like a minute 22 left mm-hmm. in regulation that i think is probably their biggest thing because they because they've shown that they can rally while they need to improve their starts i think they've shown that they that they, you know that they can rally certainly you know the three goal period um on thursday has shown that i think the, probably the bigger problem now is i mean they're all problems but <laughs> i think one of the bigger ones now is uh you know preventing that goal late because you know it you know late 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 in the third period because they they they're taking away their own chances of getting a win and they need wins right now yeah and what do you think of those late goals because i mean we look at tampa um we look at florida you know in tampa i felt like okay they, they deserved a point here um, Florida, they came kind of roaring back after, you know, being down early and struggling on offense and the major played a, a no pun intended major factor in them, you know, kind of being disjointed for five minutes, which has, in my opinion, carryover effects. But, you know, that trouble finishing a game, I can even point to the Vegas game. They're up 2-1 entering the third period. They had totally wrestled momentum back in their favor. And then Vegas came out and just took it to them with three straight goals, which it felt like that was something they had overcome on the road trip after they gave up five straight to Chicago and then the debacle against um, the Islanders, it felt like, okay, they've kind of gotten rid of that collapse from their game, but then Vegas took it right to them. And then, like we said, they've had these late moments of error that Coach Quinn said, you know, are, they're too grave of mistakes to be happening when they're occurring. You know, exactly. It, it really has to do with when they are occurring. And it's, um, and so I, I, it's, it's really bizarre. Cause it's, is it something where, cause when you watch them, you know, they look like they're locked in. They look like they're, sh- you know, they're shutting a play down. Um, they don't look like they're about to cough up that late goal. And yet somehow the other team is able to catch a break. Um, so I, it's, it, it's really, a, it, it's almost as if they're playing a 55 minute game as opposed to a 60 minute game mm-hmm. type of thing where it's just, they're almost they're almost to the finish line and then it stops. I, I wish I knew what these, you know, why that was happening. I don't, I don't think they know either to be completely honest with you, but it's, you no, know, that's, it, it's, it's just, it's bizarre. It There's is really no other way to put it. And the thing that's interesting to me is that it's not like they're getting skated off the ice. It's not like they are, you know, right. an awful team. Like they, it, it's like they play, you know, to that 55 minute point you made, it's like 
it'll it'll get away from them in a matter of like three, four, five shifts, and then they'll look again really, really good right after that. It's like these micro moments of the game where they're having these errors. And I think that's what's probably more frustrating is that they are in these games, they are doing things that they're being asked to do, and they are in turn being their own worst enemies. They're making critical mistakes. Yeah, it's that's I 1000% agree with that. It, it is really, it's just such a bizarre thing to watch because, you know, even when these mistakes happen, they, I mean, they're just, they're, they're not making a ton of mistakes. They're not getting skated out of the building ever. They're yeah. keeping up with really good teams. Um, but it's these mistakes. And Quinn, you know, Quinn said this, you know, our, you know, that, you know, our mistakes are too great. It's also when they're happening. And, you know, you have, you know, you know, you give up a goal like that in the second period. That's different from when you give it up with a minute and a half left mm-hmm. in, you know, in a game. And there, I, one of the biggest things with them, and I kind of mentioned this earlier, when they get that one goal, it's okay, well, now you need to go, get up to you know get up to zero you know give yourself a bit of a cushion um I, so i think you know with a couple of their guys you know scoring production going up right now i think that'll help but their biggest thing they can't be giving up like goals like that because i mean you're not going to get you're not going to win hot games in this league if you keep doing that all season no and it'll also be interesting tonight you know how, how much do they play the revenge factor for losing the other night and you know i take into account that our friend Curtis Pashelka said that if the Sharks can't beat the Ducks at home, who can they regularly beat? Knowing that they already lost to a team like Chicago at home after surrendering five straight goals in that game. I mean, it also is interesting. While we discuss that, you know, they the Sharks have played better against better teams this year than they have have against the lower tier teams as well, which is again is something troubling, which makes it all the more frustrating because they're better by miles than what I think their record shows. I, Oh, I totally agree with that. And it's, um, as far as the whole revenge game things, I think they're in a mode right now. I, I know somebody was asking that in post game, you know, how, you know, how much is this a revenge? Game? I think right now they just want to win games. I don't think they care who it's against, uh, which is how it should be. Because when you're, when you're sitting at three, eight and two, you have to go out and, play a high high level against everybody you can't be like oh well it's the ducks we can handle that um but i do agree with that if they can't beat the ducks at home who i who i don't think has as talented of a roster as the sharks do but if they can't beat the ducks at home you know who, you know who are you know who are they going to beat and that that tuesday night game against the ducks was ugly that was not a good looking game it was I mean, not, not, I mean, not, neither team looked good. It was definitely entertaining for fans, I'm sure, but it was not a good looking hockey game. And I'm watching. It's like, God, this team. It was nice to see them buckle down um, against Florida. I was like, okay, this is a, definitely a much better game to watch. They were much more defensively sound. But yeah, this will it'll it'll be it'll be interesting tonight. I I think they should go out. I don't think it matters who it is. They need to go out and play tough, no matter who it is, because they because they need points and they're not winning games right now. Shalena, well said. Always a pleasure, and I will see you at the tank tonight, all right? All right, sounds good. Again, that was Shalena Goldman, who covers the Sharks for NHL.com, joining us here on the Sharks Audio Network as we get ready for tonight's game. 
the schedule. Join us live at 7 with Dan Rusinowski and Brett Hedekin right here on the Sharks Audio Network for pregame coverage live from the tank as the Sharks host the Ducks. And then at 7.30, the game broadcast begins. Should be a 7.38 puck drop. And then we will be back with you tomorrow morning for Morning Tide. Sharks get a couple of days off. Then they're going to be out there on the road. So let's see if the Sharks can take some momentum into this game. That's very much what I am looking for. All right, we're out of time for the San Jose Sharks. I'm Ted Ramey, signing off. Off the faceoff, the Sharks get the draw. They shoot, they score, and guess who? Eric Carlson on the left side, driving it toward the goal, and this game is all even. This podcast can be found for download under Sharks Hockey Digest on iTunes, Google, and Spotify. And on demand anytime on the Sharks Plus SAP Center app. Presented by Western Digital. All music by Yogi Yen.